Hey, hockey fans, I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of like, <laughs> you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. You get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. started playing the like, dun, 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 and I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he shoot checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my favorite Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. Well, we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. You know what? Whatever. I'm ready. Oh, uh, I'm ready. <laughs> are you recording? By the way, being recorded, what's that? Episode 71 of your local Stick and Ring podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and presented by Nobody. <laughs> what's up, guys? How you doing? Good, Nobody. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> no one's taking a chance on us yet, but someone will, and someone is going to be a lucky duck. Welcome to the fucking Welcome to the fucking show. Yeah, welcome to the pits, dude. This is where we fight. <laughs> Boys, how you doing, Raffle? How are you? Not bad, pretty good. Yeah. A little bit of a late light late night last night, so I'm still warming up, waking up a little bit, you know. What were you doing? Gaming. Oh, <laughs> gaming. Fuck. <laughs> that was about it. I hate when you say that. Why? <laughs> because I always hope they say, yeah, I was with a female. I don't need to know about it or who it was. No, nah, man. Gaming with the boys. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Most reliable relationship you ever two had. Two versions <laughs> of late night last night, boys. <laughs> yeah. Mine at the Roxy, macking on chicks, raft, gaming with the guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just Steffler over there. Uh, Josh, how are you? I'm good. Life's um good. I learned a funny fact yesterday, and I was actually crying laughing when I heard it. So I've lived out in BC now for six years. Never knew that like you guys called Chilliwack the whack. I thought that's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Could you imagine? I've your, never called it the whack in my life. You've never called it the I've whack. I've openly called it the whack. The whack. <laughs> but like, could you imagine living in like one of those uh, like random cities that we have in the Lower Mainland? The whack. Hit. Like, yeah. holy fuck, guys. Like, yeah. Ridge. You know, I don't know. I, it's I don't just, think any of them call it Pit or Ridge, but. Yeah, you live out in Pit. Pit Meadows. Maybe. You live out in the maybe, Whack. Maybe. <laughs> when someone's like, they live on the Whack. The whack like, does that mean sense. like the forest? Or like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, oh, the I'm whack, like, no, like, like Chilliwack. And they're like, oh. Where there's no power in water? Is yeah. that where? Out in the bush, out in the <laughs> sticks. Um, well, that. Yeah, anyway, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Fun facts about BC, you'll still learn more. Um, 
so yeah, it's a big episode for us. It's episode 71. Um, this episode, we've got two interviews on tap. Uh, we go from a podcast who barely does any interviews to just fucking the two. who's who of interviews. During And I guess this is the first episode since we started playing hockey played. again. Yeah, yeah. We Holy fuck, it. we're back, boys. Yeah. <laughs> we're fucking <Man>. back. <laughs> it's like a guy that just whacked off for the first time in five months. Like, whoo! <laughs> the whack. <laughs> we let it. We let him loose. <laughs> um, no, yeah, we're so back. We've got Andrew Walker from Sportsnet 650. Not a big deal. Uh, good 40-minute interview with that guy. We love going back and forth. We got more and more comfortable as the interview went on, I found. That's a beauty. Yeah, absolute beauty. Love talking stick and puck with him. Love talking the beauties at Sportsnet with that guy. Dude, um, he, he was actually like, I like how much of a, a realist he was. And like, he was actually pretty loose as well. Like, I yeah. feel like that was the, the biggest thing. Because like a lot of those guys, like, you know, we bring on people that do like other like podcasts regular podcasts content, and yeah. whatnot. And, and you know, whenever you have someone like working for, you know, an actual like sports powerhouse and other like sports net, TSN, whatever it may be, they can, te- I feel like they tend to be a little conservative, at least kind of like a, a hockey player with the media yeah but he was great i loved him absolutely he was fantastic and then i i did an interview with jesse pierce of uh nhl.com she writes on on behalf of the minnesota wild for the nhl.com and she also works at the minnesota the athletic minnesota yeah. uh, alongside michael russo so um big names in the minnesota market right there and she was an absolute pleasure to talk to very knowledgeable in the sport and just dealt with my dumbass for i think 30 minutes as well so that's that's an award in and of itself <laughs> But uh, the only issue with both of our interviews is that because of everyone's schedule, because of the weird timing of Canucks games and everything, it's it's so hard to get actual relevant interviews out on our posting day. So, and by the time that this episode is released, so okay, so the Jesse Pierce was recorded when uh, that was, I believe, on man, you got me. I think it was like before Tuesday or game, Wednesday. So that would oh, have been, been, no, it was before game one. Before game one, and that was on Monday or on no, Tuesday. that would have been on Sunday. Uh, yeah, fuck me. So I'm before game so two, lost. then before game two. Yeah, no, before game one. When did you record Monday? Fuck me, dude. I have no idea. I'll this figure guy. it out. Okay. Anyway, uh, even with the Walker, a- one we Andrew Walker was recorded before game four. So on Sunday. Sunday's when I did it. Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Before yeah. Game one. Okay. So then, yeah, you're right. Before game one, Andrew Walker was recorded before game four. Like. So I guess that would be on Friday at like two o'clock. So five hours before puck drop. So by this time, when this episode releases, the Canucks could actually be eliminated. Could be eliminated. There's that possibility. Yeah. Yeah. So all this information could. If we do win Game Four, uh, we are going to be playing Dallas or St. Louis. Which one do you prefer? La la. I'm all about Dallas. Yeah, I love the way they buzz around the ice and watching them in the last year when they were in the second round. I forget who they played. They play Dallas. Uh, uh, who would they play? It wasn't Nashville because it was a team that moved on it was to the Nashville. third round. Was it? They yeah, they beat. The yeah, because oh. they beat Nashville in the first round last year. Oh, it wasn't Nashville that they played in the second round. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I forget who they played. I think it was St. Louis. Wouldn't be surprised. I think so. I think it would. Either way, they played yeah. very. Bishop played very well last year, and there was a coming out party for Heiskin. And either mm-hmm. way, it's not because I think they're an easy team. I think no matter who you play, Canucks will obviously be an underdog if they make it through the wild. But yeah, um, I mean, I any think team the, coming out of the qualifier is technically the underdog. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, Except for Edmonton. Where I do you side like, on this? Um, I don't know. I, I I'd probably pick Dallas as well. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you're you're either going up against Dallas or the defending Stanley Cup champs. Like, yeah. you know, Bennington worries at, me more than Bishop does. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, yeah. I think just in terms of uh, the forward power, like Ryan, like I would say Ryan O'Reilly, Jamie Ben, very similar players. I yeah. would say O'Reilly's probably a little bit better, but Ben has definitely had like a better history for sure. Only ones won the Art S- Ross before. Exactly. Snipers, Tarasenko, Sagan. I don't know. I don't I'll know. T- I'll take Tyler. They, on they're that fucking side. terrifying. Yeah. You would you take Sagan over Tarasenko? Yes, absolutely. But I think the I think the depth after that goes to St. Louis. Well, the the defense on St. Louis is like fucking disgusting. Like yeah. you have Petrangelo, you have Pareko. Who else is on that blue line? Is Bowmeister still around, or am I out and left? Well, he had the cardiac episode. Remember? Oh yeah. Like what feels like two years ago. Yeah, he had that. He's probably Very back now, is he not? No, I don't think he's playing. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think he's come back since. Yeah, that. but I, yeah, I agree. But goaltending definitely, um, definitely St. Louis. But we've beaten St. Louis this year. Yeah, people forget that we beat him in OT three <laughs> two coming at you. That's a good memory. Yeah, I'm good telling on. you, man. Remember that one episode <clears throat> when I could literally recite the first like 15 games? Oh yeah, at the very beginning of the season when we were testing you, like 100%. give me the lowdown. That's man, good memory. There you go, Josh. Good memory. Anyway. I love that. Yeah. Um, either way, I think it's about time we jump into one. We got two interviews to get to, so why don't we jump into one right away? Yeah. So who are we doing first? We're jumping into the Andrew Walker interview. Oh, baby. Um, so we had a bit of an issue with the audio fucking raffle. No, it was my fault setting up. I don't, don't blame that on raffle. I didn't want to let that joke hang because he just looks like he's going to come up he's with He's going to say something. I was the one who fixed everything. I just want that on record. Yes. Producer Raph Daddy. Just, he's duct tape. He is stick and ring branded duct tape. Yep, seriously. Just fixing mistakes left and right. <laughs> um, it's like a knockoff, ti- knockoff brand. He's, a, he's <laughs> like, literally just like tire and oil for what, like the two NASCARs coming into the pits. This is a real question for you guys. If you needed that kind of tape, would you buy duct tape or Gorilla tape? Or gor- like, you know, what the gr- fuck is Gorilla like tape? Like Gorilla Glue? It's the new duct hot tape. brand and uh, dude, honestly, classic duct tape. When I was a kid, my dad's reliable. So is have you not seen the commercials, dude? No, dude, Man. I don't trust glue. But here's the thing: my dad said, <laughs> my dad said, what a quotable line. I don't trust glue. <laughs> I don't trust it. Dude. Where the fuck? What kind of stories do you have with glue? I don't that trust glue. You not no, trust no. glue. My dad told me that when you have your first toolbox, there's only three things you need in there to start it: WD forty. A hammer and duct tape. That's it. So no nails. <laughs> Nothing. Let's review. You don't need any nails, Ron. You just need a hammer. Yeah. Okay. Because if you're attaching stuff together, you don't need nails. Duct tape. You just wrap it a couple times. <laughs> so what do you need the hammer for? Just bol- like, breaking shit? Yeah, breaking shit. <laughs> you need a hole in that wall? Yeah. <laughs> Got a and hammer. WD-40 to keep things like moving. Yeah. Keep it slippery. Okay. So where were we? We're jumping into Andrew Walker. A little bit of auto quality in the beginning. Not too much after that. You're going to hear great crickets interview. for the first five seconds when we introduce <laughs> That's a him. great interview. All right. And it's our pleasure now to welcome on the Andrew Walker of Sportsnet 650, quote unquote, the king of Vancouver radio on the Twitter account. Andrew, how are you doing? Good, boys. How's it going? Thanks for having me. No problem. Yeah. We're, uh, we're doing freaking great over here. I mean, we're living La Vida Loca. Canucks are up 2-1. Um, as of now, this, this interview is happening on what? Friday, August the 7th. <laughs> it's a big day for Vancouver. Yeah. Um, Josh, how you feeling over there, dude? I'm feeling good, man. I'm 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 kind of nervous though going into game two, like just or game is it game four? I guess it's game four, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Going into game four, um, yeah. No, I I think 
you know, Minnesota, like they've been buzzing and the, the last part of game three just really made me nervous, really made me nervous. Just like there was a bunch of stuff that happened. So but I'm feeling good overall, but still kind of nervous. So. so yeah, walks with you guys coming into the pregame show pretty soon in a few hours here. Um, I don't know about you. I catch my vibe for the Vancouver market on, on, on Twitter. That's my that's my outlet. But w- what are the oh, vibes you're that's getting? Your, that's, your, that's your first mistake, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, it's the most easy way to access the, the crazy fans that we have in this market. But um, what, what do you think the vibe is in Vancouver right now going in the first elimination game in like nine years? Um, I think it is – man, I think I think the vibe is, is getting better, getting more excited by the day. But it's uh, man, it's it's weird though, right? Like it's been a, it's been obviously it's been a tough five years for hockey in this city, and it's been a really bizarre last, you know, five and a half months for for everybody. And so now, you know, it's just zero to sixty. Everything everything's back, and there's this so you know there's the play-in series, and you know people are debating if it's playoffs and does it feel like it's different because you know it's like we're jamming bars right now. It's not like we're we're going to the games, you know, mm-hmm. and you're trying to get, you know, get your buddies to buy tickets or, you know, stuff like that. So it's all a very unique experience, but I, but I noticed the vibe gets, and everyone's afraid to get hurt again. I get it. So I noticed the vibe is getting bigger and better every game. And we're, we're pretty even like, again, not to date your podcast, but you know, Canucks have a chance to punch their ticket to the next round today. And I, and I think that's where it, the vibe really starts to get, to get good so it's it's growing but even yeah you mentioned twitter like right now um in this playoff series guys that people have made a cottage cottage industry out of hating on right the myers and the sutters and the beagles like those guys are beasting through three games they've been so good yeah. mm-hmm. and so you know everyone kind of is busy with this infighting which is kind of no good so you know it's one of those things yeah definitely um, I, I just had a question for you in terms of, um, obviously yourself and like, so you work for Sportsnet 650 radio covering the Canucks. So covering the Canucks as a team, um, is it hard for yourself to actually cover such a high market team or is it kind of a blessing that there's always kind of something going on? Like Vancouver and Toronto have always been kind of compared to each other in terms of like media attention and everything like that. Like what's your kind of thought on covering like such a... Such a team, like regardless of if they're bad or good, they're always very popular in the news. Yeah, it, it, there's always storylines, there's always stuff to talk about. Um, I mean, I've I've covered, um, I guess, kind of three teams really closely in my life, and, and a fourth team kind of, um, you know, kind of not so closely. I, I worked in Calgary, I worked in Toronto, now here in Vancouver, and uh, right. when I worked in Alberta. Um, I, I covered the Oilers a lot. I was at every game in their 06 run, things like that. So right. but in terms of day-to-day media, yeah, I, I mean, uh, working in, in Canadian markets, is it's it's great. I mean, I, th- I think it's a lot like, you know, working in an NFL city in the States would be, I think. Um, I mean, I've never, I've never, you know, in, in Columbus, they have like the one reporter that does everything. In Carolina, they have like one or two reporters that do everything. I don't, I don't know what that would be like. But it is nice to know it matters as much as I can get, you know, pissed off with people and all their bad tastes and yeah. things like that and, and their bad phone calls and their bad tweets and all that kind of stuff. It's still, um, you know, that's what that's what pays the bills, right? If people didn't care, we wouldn't have jobs. So, so yeah. it's good. Yeah. 
So of those four cities that you covered, which one was actually the craziest? Like which and which one was your favorite? And it's okay, it doesn't have to be Vancouver. <laughs> um I think okay, so in my experience, I think um let's see here. Uh I think that there's there's some cons to everything. I think uh the fans in Edmonton are the most knowledgeable. And I Interesting. Mean, but there's not there's obviously knowledgeable hockey fans in every market. I don't know if that's because Evanson went to the ringer or, or what. Um, I think the fans in, in Toronto are the most populous. Like there's so many of them and that's just, you know, a population. And I, and I think Toronto or Vancouver is very unique because um, when social media really hit the boom, it was 2011. That's when kind of Canucks Twitter was invented. So Canucks fans are definitely the most online and that's you know blogs and and man, you guys have a podcast like every like, it seems like there's so many fan podcasts which is great but everyone has a blog everyone has a podcast everyone has a uh a, you know a reddit account or a, or a twitter account and um you know so that that's incredibly unique to vancouver now in terms of i mean i loved working in toronto but it wasn't necessarily because the leafs i think it was because you know when the leafs were shit and 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 you didn't rely on them. Well, you know, the Blue Jays are going to the ALCS in 15 and 16. And, and right. you know, I, I move away and then the Raptors win an NBA title. Like there's always something happening in a market like this. It's a little tougher because if the, if the Canucks are kind of lame, boy, what like what's the, the second sports option you go to? Right. So that can be tough. And in, in my three years here, this is really the first time that. There's there's a little bit of team success and people are getting excited, so I'm I'm excited to kind of experience it. Right, definitely, and and along with that excitement, like like you're saying in Toronto, you always got. I mean, they have a couple teams in Toronto, from what I hear, like a couple yeah. professional sports teams. A little bit of people down there. Uh, I would, I guess, you can't really equate the BC Lions to the Toronto Raptors or the Jays, but I'm, not, <laughs> I'm I'm like the biggest not CFL fan anyway, so that's not my avenue to go down. But I mean, along with the popularity that comes with the success of a team, I feel like you felt the brunt of this too. That's when the real passionate Canucks fans and the real passionate Twitter fans come up. How was that experience? Like, I'm pretty new to Twitter myself. I think once we started this podcast, I got into it. And I realized very quickly that if I even wanted to be relevant as a podcast, which on a side note is completely impossible, apparently, um, <laughs> you just have to be some sort of Canucks Twitter fan. And I've chosen the positive side. And But man, it, how many negative people are there out there just about the Canucks team? And it's it's just crazy on a year like in a year like this, on a season like this, the playoffs like this, there's still people who are looking at it, waiting for it to fail. Yeah, I, I think that there's, there's a weird culture. And I think, I mean, part of it is 2020, you know, part of it is yeah. social media, part of it is just kind of the city in general. I don't know, but I think a lot of people um, would rather be right than be happy. If, yes, you know, absolutely. If that I, yeah. makes sense. I've talked and a like, lot about that on the other yeah. a couple episodes ago. You got to be, um, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to have takes. It's, it's, you know, watch the games and make your own analysis and you don't have to, you know, like every player or like every trade or like every manager or coach. It's okay to have opinions, but people are, are way too concerned with, like, people are afraid to be wrong and that's okay. Like you can be wrong. I didn't, uh, you know, I, I've oh, come on, watch. You've never time. been wrong. You know that. And I've been, I've been come wrong on. hundreds of times in my career. <laughs> don't be so humble quick now. To, so quick to point it out, but like, it doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Like, I think I, I was going back and forth with someone on Twitter today, and I'm like, here's the thing. Like, on Tyler Myers, I'm like, I'm like, like no one's going to go back and find your anti-Tyler Myers tweets. Like, you, you can... You can be, you can be you can be wrong like you don't have to defend the castle like yeah. it's Custer's last stand 
Like it's okay <laughs> but, if this guy you don't like changes the narrative and plays really well. Like that that that's all right. Like no one people keep too many receipts. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's there's definitely something very very cool about being wrong. Sometimes you just have to embrace it once in a while. And yeah, sometimes say hey, I'm 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 happy to be wrong. I, I said the other day, man, Furlan's getting suspended for that beer for sure. And, yeah. and it's like great i'm happy i was wrong yeah like, see i i saw that too and i just i called into your radio station and i just completely ripped you under a different alias like i think i just called oh. myself as josh <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, i'm yeah. totally kidding but no that's, that's the beauty of being but, wrong sometimes yeah but in terms of the, the negativity and, and the hate and stuff like that like it's it's weird because i um my attitude you know when i moved here um you know, i worked in toronto for for a few years that was it i was born and raised in in the west and worked in alberta for most of my career and uh, i i actually honestly thought that um you know sportsnet was opening up this new radio station here and it's a bigger city and all of a sudden sports fans get you know more options and more shows and more hosts and more guests and all that kind of stuff and i was excited to come out here um not not to be not that i was going to be a hero but but my initial thought was like, you know what, this will, this will be good. Like I, I hope to raise the level of, you know, Vancouver radio and, and, you know, give it a more of a, a big time feel. And then before I ever even worked a day in this market, you know, um, Canucks Twitter and a couple of bloggers like wrote some stuff and basically kind of made me into this, uh, you know, this, yeah. this evil Grinch villain coming in. And <laughs> I, I don't know, man, I didn't, I didn't ask for it. It just kind of, it just kind of happened, and you know how it is, man. Like I was, I was working in Calgary in 2011, and Flames fans hate the Canucks, and Canucks fans hate the Flames, and so yeah, whatever. Yeah, it comes with I, the I territory. Had some, I had some anti-Canucks tweets in 2011. Like I don't, like I don't care. Yeah, shame and, on you uh, for not people, being perfect, though, Wax. Jesus yeah, Christ, people, yeah. you know, latch on to that. So yeah. in terms of being the, and then you know, and Botchford is a good friend of mine, but he latched onto that right away and and all of a sudden i was the villain i just didn't choose to be so it's annoying sometimes you know i open my dms in the morning and people say you know i should go die and that gets a little <laughs> old it gets a little old but for the most part if yeah. whatever if that if that's my role it, yeah. it, it's my role and you know but, what um, I, was, I was writing down some notes for this and i was trying to think of a comparison like of what you kind of mean to vancouver sports right now and obviously to the crazed fans, it's different to what it means to people like us and the crazy fans. But I kind of came up with, you're almost like a mix of like Chris Jericho and, and Stephen A. Smith of Vancouver. Like you're just the perfect <laughs> heel, but you also have like very genuine points. And you just explain them in a very thorough way that just rattles so many people. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know about, um, I, 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 don't, I don't understand the Jericho one. I know he's a... He's I, just I, one I of the best heels of all time. Wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> I know he's a wrestler, but... Okay. but yeah, I whatever. I mean, I, I I do listen. I I admit I can I can troll sometimes, or sometimes I do like to get a, a reaction. But at the end of the day, all I want is you know, because if you listen to the show, um, you know, I'm a little different on the air. We do a really good show, and Sat's awesome, and and yeah. we have so much fun. And um, you know, I, I think people like the show when when they listen and they get a different sense of of who we are. I, I just want to be known as a guy that knows what he's talking about and, and, uh, and, and does a good radio show, right? Twitter is just a small, tiny part of what we do, I think in, in media. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you got to have a good, a good time doing it, right? That's all it's about. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just sports. Like I, I know that sports is important. Like sports is like religion, right? Like you're, yeah. you're cheering for something 
bigger than yourself. And we all sit here and wonder, man, how can people start wars over religion? But people would do the same thing for sports. Like, that's just how it is. (laughs) You know, like, it's interesting, man. Like, sports radio ratings, raw ratings, um, they're always highest when your team is going on a championship run. But on average, um, you know, sports ratings are the highest in, like, depressed economic markets. Buffalo, Detroit. Mm -hmm. Um, Cleveland, when things are are at their worst, people are, you know, the economy's collapsing, people are losing their jobs and their homes and whatever. You can always like sit on the couch and watch your team, right? Like that's, that never changes. And so, yeah, sports, I get it. Sports is important, but it's still just sports. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, so I kind of want to talk like pure Canucks now. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah we're a Canucks podcast. We're a Canucks podcast. I don't know if you, don't know if you realize that. Uh, like you said, when you when you said there's a list of Canucks podcasts, we're, we're notorious for just not being known. So, I mean, this is a privilege for marketing. you, obviously. It's all, it's all about it's all about it's all about marketing. Well, yeah, I've I'm, tried everything, dude. I've I've taken my shirt off during the podcast. I've said controversial <laughs> things. Like it's you run out of options eventually. Walks. Yeah. So eventually, what we're just gonna have to do is you're gonna make us famous after this. People are gonna be like, "Holy <laughs> shit, we brought this guy on from sports now." Like, who are these guys? Yeah, we need him to say something like a hot line, something yeah. that, like a statement line that we can just plaster all over social media. Exactly. <laughs> okay. You heard it. Right. You, you have yeah. to give us a hot take today at some point. I don't. I don't care what it is. Does doesn't have to be yeah. hockey related. It can just be a hot take in life. You could be like, COVID's gone by next month. And if oh, it is, oh. you heard it here first. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I promise in the next, uh, in the next 10 minutes, I'll <laughs> yeah. give you some. Love that. Um, okay. So my question uh, to you is what would be considered a successful season for the Canucks this year? So um, obviously like we're kind of already kind of knee deep in the qualifying round. So Elijah and I said that if, uh, Vancouver didn't make it out of the qualifiers. That would have been a failed season. And then, Amy- oh, that was you. But, but, yeah, I, I'm on the other side. I, I can go the other way with yeah. it. But what's so, your opinion? Was? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's tough because um, it's so crazy with the you know pandemic and everything. Right. Um, I do think, like as we as we're sitting here now, they're up two games to one, and there has been you know some. I, it, part of it doesn't feel like playoffs, but also like these were big games and, you know, Markstrom was really good and Pedersen was really good. And, right. And so part of me feels like, okay, like the, the goal for this year was, was a semblance of playoff experience for the, for the big guys that had never played there before. Yeah. So in a sense, and they're guaranteed two more games, at least, even if they lose this series to Minnesota. So in a sense, they kind of already got that. Like, let's say they lose this series to the wild. I don't think they will, but let's say they do. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not like firing Travis Green or trading a core piece because they lost. No. Um, yeah. I, I do think it, I do think if they beat Minnesota, it's a it's a big. I think it's a success, right? Like they they were competitive down the stretch until the season ended, and then in this restart, I mean, they've had a good little start here against the Wild, and so if they win this, I mean, then we're getting. Man, then we're getting at, like at least four or five more games, right? Where we get mm-hmm. a, a real better sense of the Bessers and the Pedersons and stuff. Besser looks great, which I think is a is a big bonus. So I don't I don't think the season can be a failure. Like I think that's that's a little strong, almost mm-hmm. no matter what. Uh, but I would say for it to for, for, for us to all like be like pretty happy about the direction, they just got to fix thing, this thing off against Minnesota, and then and then we'll see what happens. Then it's house money. Right. Yeah, and I, I've always been on the side of the opinion. This was before COVID hit. I mean, me and Josh had many discussions about this, but I've always been 
the type where I would want my team, at least this young team of the Canucks, to to sneak into the eighth spot. And even if they get bounced in five games, I think that that eighth spot playoff experience for this kind of team is way more valuable than, let's say, like a 10th overall pick. Like, I think the scouting for the Canucks has all the, all the drama side with those people leaving and coming back. But I think the scouting has proved that anywhere between 10 and 25, they can pick quality players. So I just think that playoff experience is just, it, it's something so untangible that, it, it, it's speaking volumes of what it's going to do for this team, whether or not they go far. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's, and, but it's not just playoff experience. It's also playoff success a little bit. I think yeah. that's mm-hmm. the experience. Like it's one thing to lose three in a row to Minnesota and, and it's like, Hey, we got some playoff experience. Yeah. Experience losing. But <laughs> these guys like last game in particular, like playoff hockey is so different than the regular season. Yeah. And we, you forget about it when you haven't watched your team play it for so long. But all of a sudden, like, blocking shots. And, like, four guys got injured in the first game. Like, that's impossible. But, like, that's what happens. Intensity's mm-hmm. higher, right? Pucks yeah. in and, and making sure pucks are out of the zone and, um, you know, killing penalties and all the things that we don't really care about in the regular season. We just talk about who's scoring goals and whatever. All that matters. And I, and and. They all committed to it. They played physical and they won games two and three. So I think that's the big experience. It's like, hey, right. we played the right way. We played tough. We played hard. We played better and we had success because of it. So I, I think, you know, that's the experience. Yeah, definitely. So essentially getting out of this Minnesota series would obviously, with a win, would obviously be uh, a positive for the Canucks. So assuming we do win tonight and we do uh move on or even sunday either one oh or even we sunday. got i don't know if this is a spoiler for you walker but we got the arizona coyotes moving on to the next round oh Over- they just they just scored i i'm as we as we speak i'm watching the habs game uh, i was waiting for the, for the <laughs> See, overtime man, start. you've really done messed up it doesn't matter what game it is overtime trumps any kind of regulation well yeah but they were in intermission when we started this okay yeah Walks, did we just give you did we just give you a breaking headline <laughs> Yeah. Holy shit, can, dude. My sources can, can guess, confirm. Can I guess the goal score? Yeah, go for it. Um, okay, was it a was it a forward or a D? They're actually just finishing mobbing him. I yeah, I got it now. It's a forward. Forward. Okay, I'm going to say it was uh No uh, hints. I'm going to say it was uh step on. Give you one more guess. It's former Canuck. Oh, Richardson? Yep, Brad Richardson. Wow. It looks like. <laughs> no, man, Michael Grabner. Come on, 14 years ago. Figure it out. <laughs> no, it was Brad Richardson. No. Yeah, it was, it was a good. It's good. Um, and these handshakes, uh, this is what I was waiting for. I, weird enough, hand, the handshake lineup is one of my favorite parts of something to be back in sports, even if it's just a half assed fist bump line that we got going on. Yeah, definitely. One of my favorite parts. Where, so, where were we there? Okay, so I was going to ask, uh, so assuming Vancouver wins tonight, who do you not want to play in the second round? Or actually, no, who do you want to play in the second round? Um, I would take um, I would take St. Louis, oh. and I would, I would take Dallas. Yeah. I would take, yeah, I would take those two teams. I definitely don't want to face Vegas, and uh, yeah, and, and Colorado would be no treat either. It's just um, very interesting. I, I would I would take St. Louis or Dallas. Okay, before before we dive into that some more, Josh, what what what's your order? Like, what's uh, where do I you would see say this? In in order, I would say I would say Dallas, St. Louis, Vegas, Colorado. Dallas Col- being the one Colorado you want the most. scares the crap out of me. Dallas, I would take Dallas all. That's day. interesting. I'm putting I'm putting a Dallas as the most desirable, and I'm putting Vegas right below them. 
Like I, yeah. I, I think the Magic's worn off a little bit. But Walker, let, let's hear what, what's the take on St. Louis. Do you think they just match up well against them? I think, um, I think St. Louis was one of those teams that, and I've talked to a couple guys on on their group. Like now, now they're here. Now they're pros. Obviously, they're playing hard. But this team just won a cup. Mm-hmm. They yeah. like they're they just won a cup. They're. Uh, motivation to like chase the cup in this tournament is just man they wouldn't be human if it wasn't a little lower right like i I know i know there's a there was at least a few guys on this team that didn't really want to play because what's the point they're they they already got their ring yeah right right. uh they've already they've already had that based so i think in terms of motivation st louis has a little I don't know, just a little less than everybody else, and that I, I think I think that little bit is a is an edge. Nice. All right, I, I can't hate on that point. I, I think that after we just talked about like how valuable playoff winning is and all that, and playoff experience, I just can't bring myself to go against the Blues and and desire to play against Jordan Bennington because that guy's <laughs> uber competitive. But I I'm just yeah, like anyone else, I'm just hoping we get to see PD in a in a best of seven series because there's just something unfair about the first playoff series you get in five years is a best of five, and it's just balls to the walls the whole time yeah it's so it's so quick and you know what like everyone is freaking out over game one and they weren't very good in game one yeah. but if, if that was game one and the best of seven on the road and they kind of played a boring tight checking loss like we wouldn't have been freaking out yeah but it was just so quick that all of a sudden they, they faced a must win right away yeah i heard you make that exact point on 650 and it, it was you you, you Whatever the saying is, you nailed the hammer. Whatever you want to say, I'm fucking drawing a blank on that one. But. <laughs> hit the nail on, hit the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah. Hit, no, you hit the nail there on the hammer. Go. There you go. That's what I do with it. <laughs> I'm not really a hands-on guy, but um, you got another question here, Josh? Or yeah. Right? So, uh, so far, like in this series, who's your who's your MVP for the Canucks? Like, who's the one? Who's the player that stood out to you the most? A sick question, dude. Just a big scoop of vanilla. Nice, <laughs> love that. Um, okay. Well, I mean, it, it's uh, for me, it's. I'll say I'll say I'll say Besser. All um, right, nice. Petter, Pet, Petterson and Besser have been their their best players, so it's silly to say any, anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought Petterson really took over game two, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, they need goals, and Besser has two gigantic goals in the series. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And I I, I wanted to kind of talk about uh, you, you hinted at it. You listed off a few Canucks where. Um, I think one of the biggest blessings that this this last run or this run here in the last first one in the last five years is that we're getting to see players like Myers, Erickson, I'll throw Erickson in there too, Sutter, Beagle, guys who, you know, got a pretty big contract that isn't really justified in the regular season all the time, but isn't this what you pay those guys for? Like like they're completely different players in the playoffs and completely different things matter in the playoffs, and we're seeing that in these last two games. Yeah, hundred percent. Those guys don't necessarily get you to the postseason, which is I understand the criticism of like, oh, why do you have all these guys when you're arguably not even a playoff team? That totally makes sense. But now that they're here, those guys are, are hugely important. So I think it's silly for people right now to like take their agendas out on guys like that. It's like you don't. I mean, you don't have to love the signings, but this is why they're here. Like, like you just said, you know, Sutter's been around the block before. He's been great. Um, yeah, fantastic. Big boys. He's probably been their best, their best forty, best five chances. It'd be nice to for him to bury one of these. But you know, Tyler Myers has been there before. He's mm-hmm. taken names and punishing guys right now. Yeah, too many minor penalties. But I, I think that is a huge impact in in this series. Yeah. You know, uh, 
you know, Jay Beagle has been here before. Tyler Mott is blocking shots. All that stuff matters. Mm-hmm. Like even even Louis Erickson, it, it's not going to make up for the contract. But playoff hockey is a different sport than regular season hockey. And you know, if we just forgot about it, well, here's a reminder. Yeah. Who is, um, in your opinion, who is the most to gain? um from this year's playoffs like who like kind of what's it like who do you think i don't know if it's most a gainer like up against the wall in terms of something like in terms of like i'm trying to word my question in a way that it kind of makes a little bit more sense (laughs) so here's your job you have to answer the question but first you have to figure out the question walker that's (laughs) that's half the problem yeah different levels right like i mean i think the, the easy answer for so many people is, is Jake, but I, I just, mm-hmm. I don't even agree with that. I think Jake is Jake, and I think they're going to move off him in the off season. and I don't, he can play well in the playoffs, and that would be great, but, like, he's not coming out and scoring eight goals. Like, we all know that. Yeah. Um, Markstrom, in a way, mm-hmm. like, Markstrom, the way he played last game, is just another reminder that he is, like, a lockdown, have to re-sign him, member of the core you know if if you right. have to pick and choose who you're bringing back because of the cap he is absolutely priority number one yeah and if he would have come out and stuck up the joint okay maybe we can have that conversation but he's been solid in all three games brilliant in game three and i don't know mm-hmm. i just have i don't know what you guys i just have so much faith and trust in them like i like yeah. if they lose tonight in game four like it's not going to be because of be because of jacob markstrom like the guy is a is a legit number one stud yeah and maybe it's a bit early to make this comparison or even just this discussion but i compare it back to the luongo days like luongo was an ins- a hall of famer and just had insane types of games and seasons but once he had that reputation of the playoff kind of curse or whatever you want to call it the playoff performance i didn't even feel that safe with him in net Whereas with Markstrom, there's just a different level of steady and a different level of, you know, the, the defense in front of him isn't even as good as those days and you still feel more safe with it. And I, I think we, I think you can really quantify it as a, as a fan watching. It's like, do you, do you get nervous? Do you trust your guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some goalies, even if they have decent numbers, you just don't quite trust them. And, uh, man, I'll, I'll remember, I remember even the 2010 Olympics with Luongo. I wasn't quite there on the trust just because it always felt like he had to make it a little interesting. You know, yeah. if they're up three, nothing, you'd allow a softie or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was obviously he's a hall of fame goalie, but I just have a, I have a ton of trust in, in Jacob Markstrom. Yeah. Do you think at any point, and, and this might be a stretch cause you kind of already, uh, screwed up my question a little bit but do you think so obviously like we've been we've been seeing like <laughs> uh, no it's okay we've seen like Corpus Allum Merzlikens like they're trading creases um right now and like even like Columbus did it in like a pivotal pivotal game three um and Tortorella made the switch like do you think at any point we see Demko at all no because those are those are definite like goaltending tandems yeah. It's just it's just not a tandem here. Yeah. Right. Like the only way you'd see Demko is if it gets to be like like a relief situation, not a win the game situation, right? Or yeah, or or you're or or Markstrom is average and you're down, you know, three games to nothing and you need some sort of a weird, crazy spark. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, that's true. about it. Yeah. Definitely believe that. What do you think Markstrom's contract is at the end of this year? If you could give me a number. Number and term. What do you think? And let's say they win, let's say they beat the wild. We'll give yeah, you that. They beat there. the wild. I'll say uh five by five point seven by five. 
Wow, that's the that's the lowest number I've heard out of a lot of people. There. Seven. I, I think it's over six, but you're right. Once it gets to that number, then the Canucks have some deciding to do. I like it. I, yeah, I think um, I think he doesn't want to go anywhere. I think it's a substantial raise. Yeah. Um, I think there has to be a walkaway number. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say I'll say five point seven by by five. Nice. Okay. I like um, that. how you doing for time, Walker? Good. I'm I'm good. Okay. Good stuff. Um, I kind of wanted to just jump. Out of the hockey for a second, we'll probably jump back in after. But um, in talking, like, what, what's your connection with like podcast community? Like, do do you listen to any podcasts yourself? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, not all, not all of them. because yeah. um, there's there's a, there's a lot of them. There's a laundry um, list. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, I I find I'll listen to, um, like let's say let's say there's a podcast out there that puts up a little clip like hey here's a here's a minute of must listen you know this guy said whatever i'll listen to that um if some of our guys from 650 go on a podcast i'll i'll listen a little bit to kind of see how they're they're doing or whatever yeah. um but I, yeah, I, I would, I would not, I'd be lying if I said like I was like subscribing to oh, the yeah, podcast. No. Even, yeah, you, <laughs> even I find it hard to do and I'm in the, in that biz. But, um, like what, when you listen to podcasts, what's your, what do you find the most enjoyable part? Is it, is it the interviews? Is it like the hosts themselves doing segments or what's your most enjoyable part? Uh, what is my, cause like I personally, like- I've heard a lot of people say that interviews are the way and like they, they really catch onto the name, but I, I honestly, the podcast that I listen to, I just love the hosts and that's what I subscribe for. Yeah. I, I mean, relatability is, is big too. I like, um, I like anything that can draw personality out of, out of people like, um, kind of, you know, a more behind the scenes thing. Um, in the sense of if you have a, if you have a, a, a guest on and, and you, you're disarming enough that you start talking about know, real life stuff or behind the scenes or personal stuff. I, I think that gets really interesting because at the end of the day, it's the same, you know, media guys or athletes. It's like, it's all the same. We're all just guys, right? Like we're yeah. all, we're all just people that we have our, we have our shit, we have our real life stuff. And, you know, then we go in and we, we do our, we do our job, but it's all, you know, it's all at the end of the day, it's all fake. and We're just real people. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. Uh, Josh, take it back to hockey. There you go, buddy. <laughs> um, well, no, I was going to ask. Okay, so I just have like a – this might be totally outlandish. I, I'm not going to lie, Walks. I actually had a dream about this interview yesterday, and I had a killer question. So do you uh, – yeah, like, In my face right now, I don't know how weird this is about to get. Okay. But fuck no, me. Yeah, I, I dream about fan podcasters too. So Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Dude, seriously, like I looked at your profile, I'm like, wow, I'm like, I can't wait to interview this guy tomorrow. <laughs> Won't even be able to see him, but I'll imagine it. No, yeah. anyway, um, so with Sportsnet and everything, like, obviously, <laughs> with the radio, like, do you meet any of the people that are, like, actually, like, on TV and whatnot? Like, do you talk to them at all? Um, yeah, like, you mean, like, the Freedmans of the world, guys like that? Yeah, so, like, who's, who's, like, the biggest beauty on Sportsnet that you've talked to? Um, I mean, there's so many, there's so many great people there. I mean, obviously when I work in Toronto, I saw those guys every, every day. Um, right. and, and now I see them a little less only if maybe, you know, they're out there, um, they're out here for a game or they're out here, you know, to cover some event or something and, and we meet up or whatever, but there's so many, there's so many great people. Um, who are the biggest, I mean, Colby Armstrong is a, is a good friend of mine. He's, <laughs> he's hilarious. He's hilarious. I, I love Colby. Um, yeah. Uh, I like, uh, and I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Like if you're a bad, the thing about, about broadcast and media too, and it's always a good lesson 
Um, I know people might, some people might think I'm a jerk, but in, internally, the biggest thing is like, you be a nice guy. Like it's almost more important than your, than your talent level. Don't be, yeah. don't be difficult to work with. Don't um, be right. people, right? And, and if, and if you are difficult to work with, it's amazing how fast you will be weeded out of media. Like if you hear stories of, you know, this guy was let go and that guy was let go. Uh, it not true across the board, but chances are they were, they were a handful, right? Right. And it's just, you, you can't, you can't have that. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say biggest beauties. Uh, I really like Colby. Um, I think David Amber is a is an awesome guy. He's one of my favorites. Um, let's see here. Who else do I really like? I mean, I I, re- I really like Elliot. He's a great guy. He comes on our show every week. What, um, what do you think of his beard? Yeah, like, did you have the inside track on that? Did you? Could you have done the breaking news? Like, guys, you're about to see something on Hockey Night that you don't expect. <laughs> I, I honestly thought I honestly thought that Sportsnet would just tell him to that Sportsnet would tell him to take it off. Um, <laughs> but then I saw Sportsnet sent out a tweet that's like, "Hey, should Elliot keep the beard?" And like, you know what the results of the poll are going to be. Yeah. yeah. So when they put out that that tweet, I'm like, okay, obviously they're they're, they're going to keep it. Yeah. But I think it's because of the pandemic, and hey, we all have to embrace the the craziness of of the situation also one of my one of my really good friends and and is uh justin Bourne, and i don't know if you've been reading or listening to his stuff but he's kind of newer at sports than he was with the athletic but he he that guy's a superstar man he's uh, right he's unbelievably good at what he does okay. nice okay we'll be in touch i'll, I'll jump into his dms real quick <laughs> yeah do it, do it. <laughs> that's awesome um so like you touched on the pandemic and obviously being a radio host of a sports show where there's no sports for like four and a half months or four months whatever it was like you and Sat just going back and forth. Like I think you guys still kept the regular scheduling, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, it's hard to believe we did about you know four or five months of shows, and we were you know he was at his condo, I was at my condo. Bick, our, our producer, was at his condo, and we all kind of patched into the to the studio. And yeah, we did we did five hour where we did uh, five months of three hour shows every day from home uh, with no sports. All right, so that's that's pretty average. I mean, we tried we did like maybe a little percentage of that, but like the amount of times that me and Josh were in his basement or, or over discord, or I guess in the basement, the first little part was the most telling part. Like the amount of times that we look at each other with the kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? Look like how many times did that come up in four and a half months of no sports and who had it more? Like who gets more of the looks? Is it you or, or sat? I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't see each other, uh, but there was a lot of, I don't know. Oh, like, you weren't doing the video ones. Okay. No, no, no. Um, it, so there was, yeah, there, there, there was no looks, but um, there's a lot of like um, flabbergasted laughs. We laughed a lot, man. We had we had such a good time yeah. in, in that time, right? And we, we, yeah, I mean, obviously, we had sports guests, and we talked about return to play and hypotheticals, and we can always talk Canucks long term and things like that. But, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, we talked a lot about just. I mean, obviously, there was some societal issues and COVID and stuff. But yeah, we talked absolutely. about life and girls and movies, and we did trivia and we did, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. So we had so much fun, and some of the shows were incredibly stupid, and we made lists and did rankings, and um, <laughs> those guys are easy to those guys are easy to, to to do it with because they're very they're very normal guys, and we're all friends. We all hang out anyway. So so that's kind of the sense of our show. But I mean, not everyone would be like that. I've I've had co-hosts and work with hosts where 
it's tough to be it's tough to be real sometimes yeah i'm stuck in one of those right now too i'm trying to find my way out but it's (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's par for the course (laughs) is what it is honestly love it uh josh you got anything else there i think that's it man yeah. i think that's all i have honestly I, I guess i got one more thing it's kind of trending right now if you had to pick ratatouille or Stuart little in a fight who are you taking oh ratatouille man that guy's born on the streets thank you <laughs> he belongs yeah, to the streets <laughs> yeah he's, he's from the streets yeah the guy's uh, just entitled the other the other Stuart little hang on yale town let's be honest yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a silver spoon in his mouth kind of bitchy look yeah. i don't like it absolutely all right good side of history on that one andrew good job <laughs> <laughs> yeah the one the one time i'm on the right side yeah all right why, why don't we wrap it up by getting a prediction for the game forward is tonight yeah and this this prediction will be completely outdated by the time anyone hears it but it'll be a great great way to look back on it oh man that is tough i um i'm gonna say man okay it's this isn't easy it's not supposed to be easy and <laughs> so you have to go off like an alberta fan on this here to explain why the canucks are gonna lose in, yeah in the, especially in this market it's never supposed to be easy so i think I think that the the Minnesota Wild find a way in Game Four, and the Canucks take this series in five. But again, I I, I don't know, man. I I, I hate predictions. I, I'm I'm ripping yeah. my ass off for the Canucks tonight because I don't want to work on Sunday, and I want another round of playoffs. Hundred <laughs> percent. We I feel the exact same way. But I I I think I feel for you in the same way that I don't. I just can't see a series where Stahl, Parise. And uh, who's the other old guy on that? Or no, Fiala's not the old Suter. guy. Well, uh, yeah, Su- Suter might Suter might not play tonight either. Yeah, but no, even though- you know what? No, you know what? Fuck it. I, <laughs> Canucks, if they score first tonight, they win this series because because yeah. Mark Markstrom's on his game and they win the goaltending battle. All right, so there's there's the quote right there. We'll there's put the in the pay. papers. There's Walker the guarantees victory. We're set. <laughs> He's yeah, going on yeah, a Vetchkin in game yeah, six. That's, that's what, <laughs> hey, that's what the that's what the greats do. Me and Mark Messier. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now you just got to shave your head to look like him, and we're all set. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Andrew. We appreciate it. Hey, anytime, boys. All right. Uh, one more thing. Tell Sat to check his DMs. Like, what the fuck, dude? Getting, oh man, getting ghosted. He gets, and you can imagine how many, how many, uh, how many people are in his DMs. Yeah. Okay. All, right. just, all, all, all those, all those DM slides. So all right. Here, to make here come my burner accounts. Out. So good luck. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Later, man. Okay. See you, boys. Thank you so much, uh, <laughs> Andrew <Sick>. Walker. <laughs> Great transition. Well, that was sick, man. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> well, do you want me to re-record it now? No, I just wasn't ready for for us to jump back in like that, but no, it was awesome. Yeah, no, uh, we want to thank him for coming on, um, dude. Honestly, like that, the Sportsnet question was probably like the one question I really wanted to ask him. Yeah, I, I'm a total fanboy when it comes to like celebrities and whatnot. And like I, like I don't yeah. watch ET and all that bullshit, but. Like, just in terms of, like, sports guys, like, how they're actually like and whatnot, like, I've always been, like, super curious. Because, like, they have to put on that persona on TV. And, and just, like, Andrew has to have that kind of on the radio. And, you know, to hear that Colby Armstrong is is a beauty is, I think, well known. But David Amber, because he seems pretty chill, too. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I, I want to ask him if he ever talked to Brian Burke, because I'm really curious about that. So... But overall, really good interview. Really, uh, really happy he came on. Nice, yeah. Couldn't agree more. I felt starstruck. Yeah. Really, because I was hanging out with Josh again, but <laughs> that was, it was awesome. You're an idiot. I mean, on a podcast where you're considered nobodies, it's just good to have some validation. Yeah. Like, maybe he vaults us into being number 13. Yeah, I know. Or 12, I guess. Like, I think this is what we have to do. Yeah. 
like let's let's reach out to him and be like hey let's let's get army on now we should have just we should have given him a nice 250 dollar gift card to lululemon and just retweet us real quick yeah just paying off these guys you know yeah exactly that would have been dope i think a lot of people do that though i don't think that's no i don't think that works Com- no companies can actually pay celebrities to like promote something oh isn't that oh that's kind of similar to like the whole shout out thing cameo yeah exactly yeah, yeah we were talking about that last podcast i think yeah, yeah like no we were talking about it on sunday when we were all drunk together <laughs> right <laughs> yes i, I was, know that reminds oh we were we did jump on a podcast that day so that might be why you're confused yeah 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 yeah, yeah. anyway but uh so we okay. have another interview but i wanted to tell a quick it's not even a story something funny that happened to me before we jump into it so yesterday um fuck you ever open up your coffee cup and there's no coffee left <laughs> fuck um, so I'm going to I'm going grocery shopping yesterday. Um, Wait, is it grocery or grocery? Grocery. Oh, gross grocery sh- grocery Gro- shopping. Josh, <laughs> I'm too scared. <laughs> <laughs> Raffle, you go first. Grocery. Grocery. Yeah, it's like you and I are on the same page. Grocery shop. You're you're out in left field with that one. A lot of <laughs> Nerd, dude. You guys know the, you sound you sound half drunk. Grocery shopping grocery why'd you throw an accent on it grocery because it sounds stupid <laughs> grocery shopping whatever i'm right you're wrong is it I garage think. or garage not idiot dude park in the garage bagel or bagel bagel <laughs> milk or milk potato tomato <laughs> milk or milk or <laughs> is it milk? is it garage or garage <laughs> who, well, who, who says garage is it is that like the southern people or the I, I i'll say garage it's in the oh garage. my god <laughs> That's the old stampede. The case stamp can be made. You. The case can be yeah, made. Yeah, you bring up. Are you bring up phonetics? Is it's that what you're gonna bring up? It's in the garage. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> see, if you're talking about the, the, gra- garage. the, the car, it's in the garage. If you're talking about the like, dude, mom, Mark Knox mom, played, they called it the garage. The old GM place. <laughs> yes, the they garage. did. Yeah, they call it the garage. I think you're Not wrong. I think you're wrong. And they're like, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. Rod, <laughs> yeah, GM place, the the garage. If you're trying to find the hose, it's in the garage. But what? Tell us about our grocery way. shopping already. Yeah. So I'm going grocery shopping. I'm home alone, by the way, and I'm doing this. So I'm like the most irresponsible grocery shopper ever. It just um, goes down the cookie line. I literally bought chocolate chips to make cookies. Ate 12 of them last night. Almost puked. <laughs> Thanks um, for coming. So I'm in the grocery. So I'm halfway through my grocery shopping. In the middle of all the aisles, I have like a half full cart. For some reason, somehow, I like half parked my car, my cart. And then like walked to get something, and somehow when I came back, I didn't grab the same cart, and I started walking. <laughs> it took me five minutes until I start. I was grab like I was in a whole another aisle grabbing stuff, and I started putting it in. And I looked, I'm like, this isn't my fucking cart. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck? And so I started walking down all the aisles with someone else's <laughs> cart, kind of looking with my mask on, like curiously, like. See who, else, see who else has that dazed look on their face <laughs> yeah. i'm assuming that someone i was I, I instantly assumed that someone was walking around with my car like that's just how it works if someone takes yours you're taking theirs <laughs> yeah. and so but i walk around to where mine mine was i just like went and down an aisle i found there? it well it was there but no, no one was waiting like where i obviously took theirs so you, I was standing there with someone else's cart, and I'm thinking, like, what the fuck do I do? Do I Did just, you like, go through their cart and take out all their shit and just well, <laughs> be like, oh. hey, that, that was sold out. I'm taking that. <laughs> like, yeah, I got your toilet paper, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, like, I, I just, I literally left their cart there and looked around, and I was like, well, 
someone's walking around this store right now thinking like what sick fuck just took my card <laughs> like that's just my stuff it's unpaid for they're probably in line like being like hey what do you got there montreal is up one nothing four minutes to go let's go holy shit dude what a first round are we saying goodbye to crosby dude all be. i'm saying is if fucking Pittsburgh loses, say what a twelve and a half percent of getting Lafreniere? Uh, yeah, that's gonna be gross. <laughs> you literally if that get happens. like, is that like, is that destiny that you possibly have like a Lemieux comparison in Crosby and then like a young Crosby and Lafreniere? Very like, well, could be. How are you? Yep. So Just look at this. Yeah, what, who like, got what that a pass? One? I think it's Lekkinen, our Terry Lekkinen. There was no way that was intended to be a pass. Oh, look, let's dude. see. Dude, that's a what centering up? pass. Yeah, there's 100%, no way. He, that's a centering you know, pass. He knows he's six, four feet behind the goal line there. All he's doing is centering the puck, hoping that a player is there. Yeah. Which he was. Wasn't intentionally passing it to someone, but someone had to be like, there. He, he yeah, saw, but nine like, times out of ten, the keeper's getting that. No, no chance. The way he's dude, turned around. 100%. He's turned around. No chance. He was slid way too far This out. is how we know that Raf doesn't always watch hockey. And it was a soccer <laughs> moment because he called him a keeper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, run nice the power try. kill, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the penalty play. <laughs> let's, let's get that going. Okay, so we're going to jump into our interview with Jesse Pierce next. Well, it was actually my interview. Uh, oh, yeah. I really took the I reins on there. this one. It, it pretty much came down to like... What was I doing? You guys, you guys were working, yeah. Oh, struggle. We, it was just for posting, Dan. I wanted to get her on the podcast. And okay. So, uh, very intelligent lady. Uh, she wor- Like I said, she works for the Athletic Minnesota with Michael Russo. Uh, also writes for the NHL.com. I was talking to her. She's like, when there's no COVID going on, she's in the locker room with the Minnesota guys. Like face to face conversations, like a reporter. Oh, that's great! It's pretty awesome. That's so awesome. I got, yeah, I got some insight on that. Um, otherwise, enjoy the interview, guys. The hockey season's back, so I, I expect nothing different from tonight's game. Exactly, and I think just a semblance of normal, right? Just that, yes. that that kind of feeling of getting lost in the TV and just forgetting about what what else is going on in the world was, was kind of an awesome feeling. And the first thing I wanted to kind of bring up was the fact that I just said. The game's happening in in seven and a half hours, but for you and for everyone living in Minnesota, that means you're starting to watch a playoff hockey game at nine thirty. Exhausting. Like I've been exhausted when they came out with those times. You know, a few days ago, I'm like, oh no, really? Yeah. Like, come on! And it's a Sunday night too. Like I could probably have argued, you know, Saturday night, stay up, have a couple beers, hang out, and now I'm like, well, I gotta go to work tomorrow morning too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Get up with the kids. There's no sleeping in, uh, but hopefully. Some coffee, you know, maybe maybe a couple beers and just uh, manage yeah. to make it through. And hopefully it's an exciting game that you're not going to want to go to bed, right? That's exactly it. And and I think that, I, I don't know, the young me in me, and, and like when I was growing up watching hockey all the time, I would always cheer for overtime just because I think because it would always allow me to stay up later and, and it was excited to watch. But now being an adult... I think I'm at the point where no overtime, please. I think you're thinking the same thing. You guys don't want to go into 1 a.m. here. Exactly. Well, and not only that, but like from a writing perspective, because I have to file a story at the buzzer, overtime makes me rewrite everything. And I have to have two stories where there's just a whole lot of extra that goes into the work for that uh, from my end too. So I despise overtime. Having that been said, uh, it's probably going to go into to two overtimes because that'll yeah. be our luck, right? Just like because that's we exactly. talked about it. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And you being so. the representative of Minnesota, you have the biggest impact on the on the result of this game and how long it goes. So that's just <laughs> totally. how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, but what, actually, just for our listeners, because um, for those of you who don't know, I mean, I've I've been following you on Twitter for a little bit, and I know who you are. I don't know if many of our listeners do. So why don't you just explain what, what you do for, for work and, and the writing stuff? 
Oh gosh, I'm kind of all over the place. Really, it's funny. People find me in in the, a variety of ways. Um, NHL.com is how my coverage with the Wild goes. So I cover all 41 home games for Minnesota Wild and all subsequent teams that visit too. So I'm not necessarily just dedicated to that team. If there are storylines in the visiting locker room, I'll usually follow up on some of that stuff too, um, which is fun. It's busy. It's exciting. Obviously, this season definitely changed changed everything, and, and we'll see what happens moving forward too. I mean, generally my my job requires game day operations, being at the game, like I said, filing a story at the buzzer, um, going into locker rooms, getting those quotes, coming back and rewriting. Uh, Again, all that uh, changes virtually now. Um, But I think the NHL has done a really nice job still keeping that availability and access. We're still able to talk to players and and get our questions answered for not only game day stuff, but just general storylines too, which has been been nice. Um, In addition to that, then I also do a little contributing on the Athletic Minnesota alongside Mr. Michael Russo. So that keeps me uh, involved in hockey. And then I have my own podcast, Bar Down Beauties, where uh, myself and Alexis Pearson talk more hockey. That's really all I do, right? I mean, that's, that's pretty yeah. much it. <laughs> okay, so what I'm, what I'm getting from most of that is you're, you're somewhat of a hockey fan. Like, I, I, I guess like, yes. you kind of dabble in the sport a little bit here and there. <laughs> Just <laughs> once in a while, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on top of that, you have children, you have your own life outside of it. But yeah, you, you know, you, you spend exactly. like hours on hours in there. That's sweet. Constant. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a very fun job. I, I absolutely love doing it. Yeah. Kind of touching on the, the media accessibility. Cause I know I, I'm not involved in any of that and, and trying to get quotes from players or even just being present around that stuff. But um, so it's been pretty easy for you to, to gain access like for your own questions or just gain access to material at all. Like what's the, what's the, it's, yeah, the scenario like. Yeah. You know, it's different, right? Because I think People and in, in this kind of this question came up when they started limiting locker room access as COVID just started going, you know, before the pause, right? Um, it's the locker room is a place where it's a lot easier for us to just have those one-on-one conversations, and that includes whether it be about the game or or a specific feature story that we're doing. But it also gives us a chance to catch up with those guys and remind them that we're not just a microphone, right? So I've always really valued that locker room opportunity just to get to know some of the players, have them get to know me, um, and, and get some more of those one-on-one things. The Zooms make that much more complicated, right? Because everybody is there. You have to literally raise your hand and wait for it to be called upon like you're back in school. Um, so it definitely make, presents a challenge there. But again, I think the NHL and, and the Minnesota Wild staff in particular and, and a lot of the other PR staffs have been trying to do a really good job. You know, if we do want to talk to, like today, we were able to speak with Matt Dumba um, on a game day just specifically about uh, his, his moment before the Chicago um, Edmonton game yesterday. So that was very nice that they were... <clears throat> excuse me, so accommodating in letting us get those players. So usually our requests are still followed through like they would be normally. It's just a little bit of a different dynamic, right? You don't get to just be like, hey, Matt, how are you? It's more of like, all right, just jump right into the questions, get out, yeah. and and that's it. It's um, much more machine-like, unfortunately. It takes the human yes. side out of it, which is probably your favorite part, and that's my favorite part of doing any yeah. of this content stuff. Exactly. And that's how you find some of those stories, right? I mean, yeah. it might just be an off-the-cuff conversation, which is so valued and, and so important. And it helps yeah. you build those relationships with the guys that you want. Because you want them to be comfortable with you in the media and you want them to trust you just like you want to trust them. So having exactly. that um, taken, that access taken away definitely presents a challenge. But we'll see what happens once this is all done. Again, I think it's it's been manageable. We're still able to get stuff done. Um, but hopefully the, the new norm doesn't include Zooms. If I have to do more Zooms for the rest of my life, I really don't know. Oh. <laughs> like me sitting here but like i met, like when we decided like yeah 11 30 is the time we're gonna meet like i should have just explained to you the type of person i am i'm way too confident in my abilities to sit down <laughs> sort it out and plan all this and figure it out within five minutes like that was just such a dumb idea here we are like 12 <laughs> o'clock 30 minutes late 
Oh, that's, I, that's fine. That's my show. Does I got to thank you for just being professional and dealing with a scumbag like me with timing. Hey, you know, we're, I'm so used to that. It's so funny because like people ask me again, a game day, what's a game day look like? Well, I go to the rink and I sit and wait for guys to be done changing or working out or whatever. I mean, there's so much waiting at this job too. Like I've, yeah. I've wasted, if I tallied up all the hours I've wasted just sitting around waiting for a coach or a player, it'd be tremendous. Like it'd be yeah. very sad. That's gotta be the worst. <laughs> but I think the worst part about this is just some random podcaster from Vancouver is, big, is big leaguing you in that sense then. That's all right. I'll, <laughs> I'll let it, I'll let it slide this time. Yeah. Sorry. I think what it came down to is the fact that our two teams are in a, are about to be in a, a fierce five, five game series here. And even in the media, I got to set the tone. Like that's my job as a fan. <laughs> and I, that's just the approach I'm taking with it, but maybe yeah. it's controversial. Who knows? Um, let's, but let, let's get into the series a bit. So, I mean, I've never been excited for a game day like this in a while and I'm overly confident in the Canucks. And I think it's happened over the last month, just thinking about the matchup and, and not so much thinking about the wild have, but, but kind of where my team's gone. What's, what's been the vibe around maybe the articles you've been writing or the people you've been engaging with, like the Minnesota fan base, what's, what's the confidence level? What's the things you're, you're looking forward to in that matchup and maybe the things you aren't. You know, I think it's, it's tough, obviously, like, like you guys, I mean, Minnesotans, they're passionate about hockey, state of hockey. They love, love the sport, love the game. Everyone's excited for it to return and they're excited for a return to the playoffs. Remember Minnesota missed it last year um, for the first time in, in seven seasons. So that was kind of a, a big hit to the fan base. And I think for the first time, the fan base was kind of like, huh, is this a team that could win a Stanley cup for us? Um, again, you talk about age on the Minnesota wilds and sure there's veteran experience, but how's that going to work out? Ultimately though, I think being such an underdog and I know I've heard Vancouver consider themselves that I don't see it that way. I think Minnesota is far and away a, a bigger underdog um, in this perspective. I think they were ranked or they were destined to be finished 32 out of 31 teams per some NHL network source at the beginning of the year. So that's kind of how they've been approached. Um, so I think they know that. I think they're really, really hungry. A lot of the guys are, are hungry. And I think they're because they're an older team, there's that sense of urgency. You've got guys like Miko Koivu who doesn't know what the future holds for him in his career. So he's going to lay it all out on the line. He's going to give it his all. You've got guys like Zach Parisi, who was rumored to be traded to the New York Islanders earlier this year, who's got to prove himself that he wants to be here and he's loyal to this team and he's loyal to making a run with this team. Um, and then you've got young guys too. Kevin Fiala really stepping it up. Obviously, he's going to be a big target oh, he's been for Vancouver. Out. Yeah, right? And then Jules Eriksson Eck too, who's going to play a huge role for the Minnesota Wild. He's going to be up against one of those top two lines for Vancouver. Um, so it'll be great. I think it's, it's, it's going to be a, a good matchup. I'm really excited about that. For, for most. I think it's probably the best matchup that the Wild could have been given. Um, and, and I'm excited to see it. Goaltending oh. is the biggest, the biggest uh, question for us. And that's the strongest area for the Vancouver Canucks. So that's the scariest part, I think. Yeah. And that's a strange thing to hear anyone say when someone says Canucks playoff goaltending is a strong suit for us. But I mean, <laughs> playoff goaltending is what, we'll, is what we'll be able to find out in the next week here or so. But for you guys, that was actually going to be one of my next questions coming on later, I guess. Maybe just a short answer. What, what, do you guys know which goalie is confirmed to start yet? No. And of course they dodged us with media availability today. So we weren't able to ask. We talked to Dean Ebsen yesterday um, and he had said he hadn't made his decision yet. He was yeah. still, the team had yet to practice yet. He hadn't made his decision and it truly, it's a, it's a tough call. My gut says Devin Dubnik actually, which I think is, yep. is the unpopular opinion um, because Alex Stalock certainly earned that starter spot 
in the crease toward the end of the season there. I mean, he was the starter, but I think Devin's just kind of come in and, and I think Dean's going to give him a chance to reclaim that. And again, that'll just be for game one. I don't think Dean is opposed, obviously, like anybody would be to switching it up if he needs to. Right. So I think, uh, I think game one, I would not be surprised if you saw uh, Devin Dubnik in that. Yeah, and I, I think that's the choice that's going to be made. It kind of reminds me of the New York Rangers situation where I think it was a bit complicated with Shesterkin's uh, ready-to-play status and other things like that. But you see it also with Mike Smith and Oilers in the Oilers too, I think. No I mean, I hope how... Devin Dubnik doesn't look like Mike Smith. Can I just say that right away? Because, oh, that... yikes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, really. That's, maybe that's the comparison I want to hear, but you probably don't. Yeah, but right. <laughs> I think there's something to be said about coaches where they are starting to think very modernly and, and starting to approach the game in a very different way and maybe statistical, whatever approach it is. But I think when it comes to goaltending and playoffs, those two things combined, I think they go as old school as they can and say, who's, who's been my horse before or who's been a horse before? And exactly. Stalock has zero playoff experience. I don't know how much Dubnik has. He's got to have more than that. Maybe eight games. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's been the wild starter for so long. He's been in that position, and it was just yeah. an off year for him this season based with some off-ice um, issues, family family things going on too. And again, credit to Stalock because he was able to step in, but also that's just the thing, right? Alex has been a backup in nearly every position of his NHL career when he was in San Jose. He's never been that go-to starter, yeah. so he can handle this better. If he doesn't get that start, I just feel like mentally he'd be ready to step in if they do need to turn to him, where Devin's used to being the guy. So I think you need to give him that confidence, toss him in there for game one and see what shakes out. Nice. Okay. I, I like that take on that one. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of dive, dive to the side a little bit here. Cause I need to address something. Um, your Twitter username, just the font you're using. Um, yes. Are you trying to upstage people like me? Yes. Totally. By looking I forgot cooler. that I even had changed that font. I was I like, know. yeah, it'll just be a little fancy. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I'm looking down my, my DMS of the people I'm asking to do interviews with. And it just sticks out every time. It's like, man, someone's a badass <laughs> in here. Just got like, it's, it's such an easy way to just discern from everyone else. Like, man, you got it. It reminds me of um, like back in the day when, when I used to use MSN, when I was a kid in elementary school and you'd like, yeah, you, your worth was basically dependent on which emojis you threw in your username. <laughs> but I mean, you're, you're head, head and shoulders above the competition at this point. I mean, if I can't get the blue check mark, I need to do something else to stand out. And I didn't want to go exactly like MSN or AIM with like the tildes, right? And the little yeah. waves that I used to do as a kid too. Um, so yeah, I think my, actually, I think I had a friend who does social media for the LA Kings suggest that I do something subtle like that to, uh, to mix it up. So I'm glad it worked. I hadn't even heard any feedback about it. So I'm, I'm oh, happy to know it's there. People are noticing. If they're not telling you, they're just hiding it. They're just jealous. I'm, I'm mad enough to admit that when I'm super jealous of someone and right there. I love it. Um, so I've been doing this thing. And I, I haven't even done this with my podcast partners yet, but I've been kind of creating this segment along the way. And you're actually gonna be the, the test subject on this one of trying to relate hockey players to certain fast food items. For example, on the, on the McDonald's menu, because we all love fast food and some of us love, or there, there's basically very popular items on there, very not popular. items. so the questions I have written down here is, which Minnesota wild player reminds you most of a filet of fish? We, and we don't like filet of fish, right? I, exactly. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> like the most just, boring thing on the menu. Oh, the, mo and the most boring too, which arguably Canucks fans will love this. That's like every wild player, I, I would uh, think. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say it. I really wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I mean, it, that's the wild there. as a whole. Let's be completely honest. I think even yeah. Minnesota fans would, would agree with that. Um, God. 
I'm trying to think of there's like there really are quite a few that come to mind. Yeah, it's mind. It, they're almost all at the same place. I mean, they? you can say the third Jewel Erickson Eck. I just personality wise is is fairly dry, and he kind of has that fish look a little bit sometimes. Like he just kind of yeah. looks at you. And <laughs> I, I hate to pull the name card because no one gets to decide their own name. But out of all the cool names that you hear in sports, like you hear Jesper Fast, like a fast hockey player, but then you hear Eck. Like Eck is just a very very abrupt and very rough sounding name. That's, that's very true. We call him Jeek sometimes, or at least <laughs> yeah. I do. I'm trying to make that stick. A lot of people I, are like, no, it's G. I'm like, no, put the K on there and just yeah. add, it, add it up. So I think I've seen you type that worth like the undercase and the uppercase letters in there to try and make it look <laughs> yeah. even cool. That's make dope. it make it a thing with me. If you want to retweet, make it a thing. We're going to yeah, go for I'll, it. I'll hop on that wagon. If you, if you check me a retweet, I'll do the same for you. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay, why don't we... Before we touch on how cute your videos of your fucking hockey kids are and how, how I can, I just can't match that type of content yet. Don't even have a dog. Um, why don't we jump, why don't we jump into just a scenario? Cause it sounds like both fan bases are pretty confident in their team. Um, but obviously I think, you know, the holes in the Minnesota better than I do. And I know the holes in the Canucks better than you, but how, as a Minnesota fan, how do you think the average Minnesota fan thinks that the wild they're going to beat the Canucks? Like what hole do you think they exploit the most? I mean, I think, I think there's obviously that that blind optimism because you have to, right? As a fan, yeah. you want to believe that your team can do it. Um, Brock Besser is a Minnesota kid, and the fans love him, and I think they're a little threatened by him. Then you've got Pedersen. Um, I I think the wild I think wild fans are nervous about Vancouver. To be totally honest with you, I mean, and rightfully so. That's going to be a tough team. Um, you want the holes that Vancouver that could be exploited or you want the holes that the wild have that Vancouver can exploit? I, I think the Canucks one, like from your perspective, what, what if, if, if I told you the wild beat the Canucks in this series, how do you think they did it? Jacob Markstrom got hurt again. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's, he's out. I think, I mean, truthfully, like I think that was the biggest threat. Once you heard Markstrom's back and healthy, it was kind of like, Oh no. Um, you know, I think that would be, you, Either that, or they complete, or or Minnesota plays a fear, a fairly flawless game with very limited penalties. I think they're aware of that. I think that's the biggest thing that they need to lock down is to not take those stupid penalties and give Vancouver any any power play opportunities. I think um, that's going to be huge for them too. If they can shut yeah. them down, they can beat them five on five hockey. So if they try to really do that, the majority of the game, that series might be a little bit closer. All right, I see. I see the angle you're going with it, and. That was going to be my point is that I think the biggest thing when I heard that the, the, the wild, I think had like the 27th best penalty kill or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Canucks had a decent power play and it's just, a, it's a star studded power play. Like a lot of teams with a lot of potential on there. That's where big games can swing. And I don't know if you were watching the, um, what was it? The first game that happened, um, the Canes and the Rangers. Yep. Yep. And I think there was 10 penalties at the halfway point of the game. Like if, yeah. and I don't know if that, I actually didn't watch any other games and had the time to watch many of the other games, but I don't know how the penalty counts got up, but if it's anything like that and it's sloppy hockey where guys are just being lazy and taking penalties here and there, I think that that definitely plays in the Canucks hands. And that's the way I see it happening is like, there's got to, we have a lot of talent, but there are a lot of young talent who might be afraid of the stage. So if they get enough power plays and they get breaking through on that, I can definitely see a, a good, a good situation for the Canucks. Yeah, no, I would absolutely agree. Again, I think that's something that the Wild had worked on all through training camp and knew. I mean, they dedicated their complete second week of camp to special teams because they do realize that their their penalty killing needs some help. Their power play was starting to get up there, so that's kind of promising for them if it should go the other way with the penalties. But like you said, I mean, I, I was able to watch the majority of the games yesterday, and penalties were a lot. They were They were plentiful. Um, and again, I think part of that is 
the officials trying to figure things out. I think the ice probably obviously plays a factor in there too, the way it's bouncing and chipping and guys are maybe hawking their sticks a little bit. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be the, the biggest facet that Minnesota is really going to need to focus in on. In addition to a number of other things that (laughs) Vancouver does present as far as challenges. Yes. All right. Um, What else is I going to get into here? Um, So I guess, yeah, we have game one coming up here. Um, I honestly don't know much about Minnesota. I don't know about my listeners or about your listeners, but um, obviously being the pretentious guy that lives in Vancouver and just loves his own city and oh, just, oh yeah, yoga and mountains and beach. I, um, I'm really stuck up in what I think about Vancouver and I, I guess I'm grateful for what it is, but I wanted to ask you, what's the best part about living in Minnesota? Like what's going to bring me down there? We're, we're huge lake people. Like I love sure. our lakes. I think sure. Vancouver is totally gorgeous too, by the way. I've wanted to visit there for the longest time. I'm still next summer. Maybe that's the goal. We'll be up yeah. there next summer. Um, but yeah, we're huge lake people. Like that's why summertime it's, you love it. I mean, you have a plenty of NHL guys who aren't even from Minnesota that still choose to stay here because it's just, it's a perfect time of year, which we deserve considering what we put up with in the wintertime. Um, so summer yeah. and, and even into the fall though, too. It's what, what is it like during, during those seasons? Cause I've heard it's a lot like Vancouver where it's just rain, rain, rain. During the, the winter months or the worst Basically months? Not, anything not the summer is what I heard. Anything. Yeah. So our winter generally starts in October and goes until like May. Uh, (laughs) because we will always it never fails like I don't know if if you had ever heard this it was two seasons ago actually the series Minnesota versus Winnipeg April playoffs and a blizzard hit Winnipeg wasn't able to get into the Twin Cities Um, Matt Dumble left his car on the freeway to run and rush into the (laughs) game like it was this whole chaos and I'm like well because of course this is winter and it's April I mean you shouldn't expect a blizzard but in Minnesota we do it never shocks us if there's still snow on the ground come Mother's Day so that's what we can deal with expect the unexpected with the weather that's the same for for Vancouver and I guess expect the unexpected with the series because in my opinion any there's there's no one out there that that can be too confident in anything that they think because this is a coin toss and there's nothing that could argue otherwise i think oh absolutely i mean you got a seven and a ten matchup right which i think is pretty appropriate i, yeah. I think it's it could go either way especially when you're watching the 12 seeds beat the fives yesterday i mean it's really anybody's game and yeah. that's what's a great thing about playoff hockey and so far that it has still remained that way right i think there was a little bit of concern as to how is the nhl going to pull this off right and still make us feel like we're watching playoff hockey you know there's not going to be fans it's going to be quiet guys haven't played in so long blah 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 but it, I thought they did a great job. And again, I just think it was still it so much fun to watch fantastic. stuff yesterday. Yes. Yeah, like, it is fan. And this might be one of my most proud moments to be a hockey fan in my entire life so far. Like just to watch the other leagues, how basketball is <laughs> doing pretty good, but just watching the yeah. complete mishandling of the other two leagues and, right. and just how well, like how well with the Matt Dumba situation, I think like, you know, it hasn't, they haven't been perfect the way they've handled things, but I think that they're, they're doing things. And I'm talking about the league when I talk about this. Um, But I I mean, the way they've handled the restart, the way that, that both sides came together on not only this whole COVID situation, but also like a collective bargaining agreement. That's huge. That just shows that there's, there's capable people on both sides of it. So that's, it was a really proud moment for me to be a hockey fan during all this, I think. Oh, I would totally agree. I think they, and that's a credit and a testament to the players and the people that are working there too, right? Because they had to take that responsibility and they had to behave appropriately and make sure that they were doing everything right to help this restart, right? I mean, I think that's 
shows how much they wanted to get back in. Like you had just mentioned the CBA, that's huge, especially with the NHL has struggled so much to, yeah, to get on the same page. Right. I mean, no childhood. Yes, exactly. Um, and not only that, I think everybody, the NHL and, and even me, I think this is a huge opportunity for growth and exposure for hockey. I mean, you get to show people that are maybe nonchalant fans or maybe had never really watched it. Now they are craving live sport and now they get to watch the best of hockey in the best of the season in this moment and and they're going to be tuning in and hopefully that really gathers some i mean arguably hockey is a hundred times better live but if they can even catch a glimpse and it makes them want to return to the rink when we finally can um, i think that's going to be huge for the sport as a whole too yeah love that uh my last question before we get going since you've been so gracious with your time most of it that i made you just spend waiting sitting there <laughs> um i'm going to ask you one who do you think Maybe it's not a Canuck that you already hate, but at the end of this series, who do you think is the player on the Canucks that the Minnesota fans and yourself are going to hate the most? Again, I think it's got to be Markstrom, right? I mean, everybody knows how a a goalie, I mean, Jake Allen for St. Louis Blues, people still hate him here in Minnesota because how he just completely destroyed Minnesota a couple seasons ago yeah. in the playoffs. I mean, a hot goalie is is going to be huge, and I think Vancouver has that, and I think it's he's going to perform exactly yeah. how I'm anticipating him to perform. There um, must so be something be about villain. it. Sorry, yeah. there must uh, sorry to interrupt. There must be something about it too, where when like when a player like Jonathan Taves or Patterson is is just scoring, you kind of get mad at your own defense, you get mad at your own players. But when a goalie is just making saves he shouldn't make, it yes. just it yeah it boils your blood to the core. I know exactly. what that feels like. Well, especially I mean, again, you you talk a little bit about the boring Minnesota. That's because they're a defensive team. They're not an offensive team anyway. So yeah. if you you couple that with a goalie that it's already hard to score on, it's going to be really really frustrating. I think for for fans and players alike. It could be very tough. And I'm going to say, on my, I'm going to flip the question for myself for your team and yeah. any Canucks fan that's listening, there is a correct answer for this one. And I've got it. It's Marcus Foligno. If you do not hate Marcus oh. Foligno by the end of this series, I already remember watching a game between the Wild and them. And I was just hoping that someone would take a healthy, clean run at him because <laughs> he was driving me nuts. And I think by the end of this series, if he gets under anyone's skin, that's bad news for the Canucks. So yeah. I'm going to be looking out for that. I like that. No, and you know, I think the best thing about Felino, he showed he has a little bit of skill this year too. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's more than just a big body. So uh, I detest to that. That'll be a good nice. one to watch. All right. Well, I can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, I, I don't want to say good luck in the series. I'm not quite there yet, but <laughs> I enough. appreciate the time and, and hopefully I can hop on your podcast one day with my boy, Josh. Heck yeah. No, absolutely. We'll have to get something in the works here. Great. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Thanks so much. That's put all we have for you now. I think, what was that, like an hour and... 30 minute episode you think it was that long probably like an hour and 10 no hour and 30 hour, hour and 30 with oh. the interviews alone i think holy fuck trout yeah. right. hour and 10 minutes interviews alone okay well go. let's get out of here then yeah uh thanks for listening Ho- here's hoping that as we as talk a, to you in the second round yeah, we're happy exactly because if i have to start talking <laughs> off season fuck me dude well yeah oh yeah I that, that's that. the real pain yeah right yeah um, at least you can just talk golf for like However long, Jesus. Oh yeah, I'm going golfing don't, tomorrow. Yeah, don't make me, don't make me like wish that this happens. <laughs> yeah, no chance. Oh, harder, baby.